Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Yellow Ribbon Podcast, sponsored by Brellis Recruitment. Now, we've got a lot to discuss today. Uh, as I'm sure everyone listening will know, it's been a busy, busy old few days at uh, Walsall HQ with Matt Sadler being appointed in the full-time role and with the retained and release list coming out. On top of that, uh, Jimmy329 Patel shared a a graphic today that showed our first 23-game table compared to our second 23-game table. And the second half of the season saw us in the bottom two, only picking up 19 points from the 23 games. However, my co-host, Mr Harley Sheldon, has just been telling me off air that he, he doesn't know defeat. No, ladies and gentlemen. He is a man that has won a trophy this season, haven't you, Harley? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Liverpool has struggled for trophies this season. Now Everton looked like they could get down the championship. Liverpool probably not going to make uh, the Champions League. But Red Rum FC are the Student Cup winners at Powerly Sandhills 20. 20- 2022-2023. And that, I think, as all Walsall fans will be will be backing you now as I was gonna say second team, maybe as their new team, Harley. So a big congratulations from from us all. Well done on, on winning something this season. Thank you very much. And I feel like I should probably plug that we have a um and Instagram and a YouTube. So if you go look up Red Room FC on uh, Instagram or YouTube, uh, you'll probably find us. Um, the boys will be very angry if I don't. After all that, I don't plug the uh, the socials. So uh, do go and give us a uh, a little uh, search if you could. Yeah, and I believe you you were, uh, in your own words, the best player on the team. <laughs> well, th- those weren't my words. That was the. Um, that was what was being sung from the stands. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, I, I hate to lower the tone, but we do have to talk about Walsall. And I think there's no better place to start and to really get you crashing back down to earth than your reaction and your take on our new head coach. Harley, you weren't a happy man. Last week, um, why was I unhappy? Remind me, I'm unhappy about a lot of things. Oh, because of Matt Sadler being appointed our head coach. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that, that small. Yeah, no, I feel like I've kind of. I'm. I'm. I'm not unhappy. Oh, I, I was unhappy, and now I'm not unhappy. I feel like I've kind of come around to the idea, more so because I don't have any choice. Um, but, yeah, initially I was a bit deflated because I feel like we could have done better. But um, yeah, I'm kind of I see I see the direction they've gone in, and I understand it. I feel like Sadler's probably the only man 
they interviewed that would meet the criteria set out by um, Matt Jordan and Ben Boycott. So I understand the logic behind it, although I think we were all expecting maybe a named manager to come in. Largely, I think why I was a bit annoyed was it took four weeks and a lot of interviews to produce the same name that we started with, which is the caretaker manager, which just felt like a bit of a waste of time. But yeah, you know. I, I, I see your point on that. However, I am uh, rarely actually for us. I'm going to, to disagree with that last point. Now, we, well, it's our understanding um, that interviews went on well into last week um, and had started pretty much as the season ended. I think that, again, it's our understanding that almost a, a list was compiled. Obviously, applications will have come in. The the powers that be, the, the kind of the boycott, pomlet, Jordan combination will have tried to pluck a few people but as far as we know interviews didn't start until the end of the season which I don't I don't it doesn't bother me as much that it's the same name because I think they've done their due diligence and they've They've obviously interviewed for quite a while. I assume it, w- it was, would have been multiple rounds of interviews. I don't believe for one second it was just the one one interview thing. For me, it's the fact that it's not a caretaker that's come in on a you know three four month basis. It's an inexperienced head coach, not a player. I would like to stress that. I think Sadler, in terms of a player going into management will be and and would be the perfect progression with the career that he's had and the captaincies that he's had. And yeah, I think I think there's a, a lot of that's to be said for him that, you know, I think he will be a good head coach. I just think we aren't in the position to be offering it to a rookie. And that's the thing, that was my gripe with it. I've no doubt that that they have hired him because they think he fits the criteria. And they've publicly said that. I just don't feel that he is, or at least the setup the way it is, is ready to take on the job of of kind of turning the ship around. However, I'd like to caveat that by saying I will gladly be proven wrong. And I will I would love to be made to eat my own words on that. Yeah, no, that's you. I do agree with you. I think for me, like, I, I understand the whole process and everything. And I see how they've come to that conclusion. And it is a bit of a harsh criticism, but it always was going to feel a bit deflating when you just come back with the same name. I mean, he probably was the best candidate to meet the requirements. And it's a really good point about the kind of the progression of Sadler coming from. You know, being a captain, a former player to a captain, to a player coach, to a coach through a series of managers, to a manager. There is a level of progression there that's clear to see. So, yeah, I I get what you're saying. And 
I probably am a little bit harsh on the club there, but I, I, I'm, I, like you say, I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong in the same way that you are. It's, I'll, I'll admit, when sort of the the news kind of started circulating on Thursday and it was sort of pretty much confirmed before it was confirmed that it was going to be Sadler, I did... It, it wasn't the most joyous of news. I think some of the names that were linked to the job, I, I really liked the look of. And, I mean, Boycott Lee, like, kind of led to it in his, uh, in his statement that some of the, the, the kind of the links that the media had put out were accurate, some were not. I think, you know, it wasn't just one name that had been linked that I went, oh. Yeah, that'd be quite a good. Uh, that'd be quite a good appointment. And I, I think the thing that's that's been quite quite saddening at the moment, and again, this will change, is that we we are now in in the time where recruitment has begun. All the clubs, barring those that are in uh, the playoffs up and down the leagues have released players. The the kind of the chips are down, state of play is there for everybody to see. And at the moment, we have no other coaches. We have no other person apart from Matt Sadler and Matt Jordan that are running the football side of things. Apart from I think uh, Dan Watson, the goalkeeping coach. Is Dan Watson, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. But there's no, I, there's been nothing said about O'Kelly uh, that I've seen. There's been nothing about almost that he has gone, but there's nothing to say that he's going to stay, which I think is very highly unlikely. I just, I just feel that they needed to appoint more than just Sadler by now, and I'm hoping that this coming week we we see that because I think it's important. I think he needs to get a team around him ASAP. Yeah, I think it needs to be the right team as well. I wouldn't mind, this might be controversial, but I wouldn't mind sacrificing a bit of, a bit more of pre-season or whatever kind of, we're not even at pre-season yet, but whatever stage, post-season I suppose you'd call it, sacrificing a bit more of that and maybe not and maybe missing out on a few players that we could have potentially looked to recruit as long as we get a good staff in and we take our time with that because I feel ultimately that's going to be more important than a couple of the players that we bring in, in my opinion, getting a good assistant coach and a good kind of coaching staff around Sadler, people who are going to be able to work in this system because we've what's been outlined is quite a specific guideline as to how they want the footballing side of the club to run. And I really think that we're going to need to get coaches who will buy into that and will buy into this project. So I think we need to take our time with it, but that has to be the primary focus right now. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of play a bit of, devil's advocate here with it. Mm. Boycott said that 
Sadler, obviously, in his opinion, was the best man for the job. Yeah. The boycott has also said that they want kind of these, I think the, the phrasing was incremental improvements. I might be paraphrasing that, but the gist of it is that they aren't going to just chuck a load of money at it and see what happens. They want growth and all over the, the kind of the, the football inside and not non-football inside. What I, I think isn't helping Sadler at this point is he's been part of the setup that has massively underperformed in this division. And I know that's a really harsh thing to say, but he is has been a coach, I know only full-time for a year, but as a player coach and a coach has been involved. Do you think that's a, a criticism that is fair to make by the supporters or, or not? I, I feel like I wouldn't call it a criticism. I just think, I think it's a relevant point, but I, I wouldn't hold it against him because I don't, I don't think that's necessarily any of what, what's gone in is his, his, his fault. And I don't think you could pin any of the blame on him. I think a lot of people are saying that, yes, he was part of um, an underperforming team, but how much of a role did he play? You know, he's still young. I don't think he would have had a huge amount of responsibility pushed onto him. He's there to learn from the managers that were above him and the coaches that were above him. And yeah, he can do things differently now. He's watched what they've done and he's seen how it hasn't worked. He's got a good perspective to say, well, I saw I saw X and X didn't work, so I'm going to do Y. So I think that you can take positives from the negatives that were already there. So I don't think it's necessarily a criticism to say that he shouldn't have the job because he was part of a failing coaching staff. What's your what's your sort of opinion on the kind of the recruitment side of things now? Obviously, we know that that Matt Jordan's going to be there kind of identifying players and working, I mean, as-ish a technical director, but it's more the VP of global football for Travella, I think is the title, or some some fancy title for it. Yeah. Obviously, Sadler's got, I'd say, a good contact book in terms of he's very well respected as a player, or was respected as a player, he has played throughout the lower leagues and higher. Is he the sort of person that will win people, win players over that might be a little on the fence? That's a great question. So the way I kind of look at it is there has to be a few things that have to fall into line for this to work. Number one is that we need a good assistant manager who's experienced and has a big contacts book. Someone who's worked in a lot of different clubs, 
worked under and with a lot of different managers and can provide a bit of knowledge and insight. I also think that we need to look at what the transfer strategy is as to you know what are we going to go for. I don't know, maybe I kind of misread it, but I think that there was a lot of mentions to kind of data-driven research in Boycott's kind of statement, um, like kind of analysing. I don't know if that's analysing our players or kind of patterns of play, but what I'd like to see is the setup that kind of someone like a Brent would use where they look at player statistics, basically Moneyball, and recruit that way, you know, bringing in players of a certain age who fit a certain profile, who do what Sadler wants. And then I think when it comes down to it, I think Sadler, what I do think is good is that he speaks well, he's a leader, and he's also young enough that he's very, very recently played in these leagues. So he knows what the players are going through. He can communicate with them to a similar level to which he did as a player, you know, because he's still he's still quite young. He's still kind of just coming out of his playing career. And he also understands what's required better than most managers because he he's just been doing it. You, know, you look at a manager who retired 10 years ago, you know, when it comes to what's required as a player, I think he's got a bit of a better grasp of it because of how recently he was playing at that level. So I think that when it comes down to it, I think we've got, if we put everything into place, we've got a potential for a good summer where we can recruit intelligently. I think what's going to be quite interesting this summer is we, we're kind of back to the, the Matt Taylor era and approach. And by that, I mean... We're not sure what formation, what system Sadler's going to play because we've, we've only seen a couple of games and we've seen him with the players that he has at his disposal, which will no doubt have influenced almost what, what he wants because he's picking up the pieces that were left. However, given the, the overhaul of the squad, He's going to have a fairly blank slate to work from. Yeah, he needs to figure out what he wants from his players pretty quickly. But I do like the fact that we've got a decent core of a team. We've kept most of the important players in that side. I'd say probably outside of Kinsella and Monmouth. Yeah, we've we've kept the key elements of the squad that we finished the season with. And if we circle it back all the way to that chart that the the two tables we were looking at, the first half the first half of the season the players we've got left are were part of that squad that were were seventh in playoffs. So we know that most of that squad is good enough for playoffs or to, to hold a playoffs position. So that's a solid basis to work from. Sadler knows what these players can do now. He's coached them. He's been 
there longer than most of those players have now. I think that it's going to be tweaking it and getting in a few key players to kind of fit his system. But that's the one thing, and like you said about the Matt Taylor point, is that we don't know what style he's going to play. A lot of people have thrown around the 4 2 three, one. Um, We don't know if that's what he's going to play. We don't know if that's... That might just be his formation that he thought would work with this set of players at the end of last season. He might prefer a three at the back. We don't know yet, so we're going to have to wait and see on that. But I think that we've got a relatively strong position on the fact that that core is good and there's going to be somewhat continuity going into next season. Yeah, I think kind of looking looking at the, the players that are still here and the ones that have left, I do think we are we have really freed up some budget. Yeah. Um I mean looking at the 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 players that are under contract, Jamil Matt, I assume when you get to a certain point in your career and you are getting older, your wage demands come down because the risk of injury yeah. goes up. Mayor Youth products again, not not going to be on the the largest of wages. No. Riley and Hutchinson, potentially. Um, I assume Riley's on a fairly decent League Two wage, given his his experience and kind of standing. I also think we're going to see a lot more from him next season. Yes. Now he's he's really back and fighting fit. Hutchinson, I mean, came from Derby where they weren't even getting paid properly, so who knows. Um, but Noel's coming from non-league. Again, Homely coming from non-league. Mackenzie, a younger player. They're not they're not the kind of the biggest earners. I assume that Daniels is probably on, is probably our highest earner, and rightly so. Yeah. Like, um, but obviously there's a couple of others that I've kind of skipped over. Kinsella, I assume, from a budgetary point of view, wasn't the highest earner. Purely because of his loyalty to the club. Wilkinson and uh, Labadee, I assume, were on probably the higher end of our wage bill. Um, Also, there's a a website that apparently tells you what what the wages are of each player. They haven't got a clue, so please don't look into that. Um, Month would have been on a fair whack. Yeah, I think Mont White potentially would have been higher up. Um but yeah, so I think I think we've managed to free up quite a bit of budget. And then with the ones that we've offered deals to, you know, marvelous not going to try and say the surname because I will will get it wrong. But marvelous coming up from the youth. Um Joe Folks, who firstly congratulations for his season at Kidderminster. Absolutely. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal um achievement for not just Joe, but the, the club as a whole. Like it's it's fantastic to see them and Rush all doing so well in the local area. Um but yeah, Taylor Allen again, I'm not convinced he's gonna be on a particularly high wage. And the same with Jack Earring. Now we had a big discussion about this on our last pod. And it seems that someone was listening because They've they've obviously offered earring a deal, but not 
Maddox. Now, we're, we're not going to go through the whole list because obviously we did that that last time, but Maddox has caused a lot of a lot of debate uh, on online. I've seen contrasting views, and the views that I've seen are very good technical player and showed it in the first half of the season, but tailed off. Obviously, was part of that second half of the season that was less than impressive. Now that we've had a bit of time to digest it, do you feel that Maddox was worth keeping or do you think the club have made the right decision? Yeah, I put a tweet out about this because I was quite surprised that he'd gone. Um, one of the replies from Michael Warmer, I thought was a really good reply. Um, it was, so I said, um, I do think it's interesting we let Jacob Maddox go. Personally, I felt he was a good option to have. Uh, can see him linking back up with Flynn at Swindon. And uh, Michael replied, Flynn seemed to lose faith in him after Christmas. Maddox probably lost faith too, as the midfield was increasingly bypassed. Which I think is pretty bang on. I think that's probably why. I think that Maddox himself probably lost interest a bit. And because when we were at our best, we were playing through the thirds, which really, really suited Maddox. Yeah. And then we stopped doing that. And... I think that he became a bit irrelevant because we were just lumping it forward. There was nothing for him to do but chase a ball. And if you're going to have someone to chase a ball in midfield, you play Conley or Kinsella. So yeah. I think it was a mixture yeah. of things. And he didn't really feature all that much. Like he played a decent amount at the end of the season, but not as much as you'd have thought he would have. So I can kind of understand why... We after think after that point and think about it, I can understand why we did let him go because I don't think he's massively important to the squad. I think he's a good squad player. I don't think he's massively important, but I also think Earring's ceiling is higher, and Earring can do more. I think Earring can play ten, eight, and six in my opinion, whereas I think Maddox could yeah. probably only play yeah. ten and maybe eight, and, and I think that. When it comes down to it, I think we'd probably take our chances on Earring because we don't have to lock him into a long contract. I do, I really hope that keep like offering Earring a deal. And do you know, not even for us, but for him, that he finds his form because at times he was, you know, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that he was signed as probably more of a squad uh, uh, player. Uh, I was going to say bench warmer, but that's that's a very harsh thing to say. But as a um, an option from the bench to, in his first season, to almost integrate him into the Football League from coming from um, Halifax? Halifax. Halifax. He ended up playing, obviously, a lot more than we we all really expected and he really lived up to that. I, I just hope that he gets back to that because I think he's he's a pretty he's a, he's a fan favourite and you know, I think the, the photo of him shushing the uh, the Carlisle fans will always go down well. Uh, there is one player on the list that I, I think a lot of fans agreed with the decision perhaps not the way it was done and that is Liam Kinsella. 
so Kins had been at the club from well from a child all through the the youth academy. If Sadler, if Sadler knew he was going, should the club have released the statement, kind of had had their intentions out there so that the final day, the fans could honour him, or is it a case of it was up in the air, dependent on who who came in. Um, I don't know if we know if he was offered a contract or what. I'm working on the basis we assume he wasn't offered a contract. If that was the case, I feel like he should have been. He should have been given his kind of day in the sun but hmm, it's, a, it's a bit of a complicated situation because obviously we didn't know Sadler was going to be the man in charge then we didn't know what exactly was going to be happening but if if it was always the plan that Liam would leave at the end of the season something should have been done for him because he's a club legend and we all know he's a club legend oh, I will argue till the cows come home to anyone who says different. So I think he should have been given some sort of some sort of something just to say thank you. I I agree. The the the, the kind of the debate that I've had in my head is would a different manager coming in have kept him, which is why nothing was done at the end of the season. And that's that's what I really hope the club have done. Because if they knew he was going regardless, I think it's extremely poor from the club to to kind of just just let him go and kind of not allow him to have that moment with the fans. I don't I don't think people disagree with the decision to let him go. Obviously there are areas of the fan base that do. I, I think it's going to be very difficult seeing him in a different shirt. However, yeah. I understand the comments about a fresh start for him. And we also don't know what conversations he's had with the club, especially Sadler. They, they've they known each other for years. And I think if, if Kinsella kind of had come to that decision himself as well, or was feeling it, and Sadler had spoken to him about it. But Ultimately, that conversation from Sadler can't take place until Sadler's got the job. And that yeah. wasn't until the middle of last week. Yeah. It's... It is interesting because... Would he... I'd love to know whether whose decision it was for him to leave. Because I can absolutely understand why... He... He would want to, even though this is his club. You know, he's had so many years of mediocrity, and he's been blamed a lot of times. Well, he blames a hard word. He's been criticised a lot of times for poor performances in a poor team, which I think is so harsh. Because I, every time I've watched him, he's always given his all, and he's played in a lot of bad sides, and he's done as much as he can. And yeah, he's not the type of player that can carry a team through games. 
he's that. the type of player that will just give you everything he's got every single game. And when you're playing well, you will go, that's wonderful. He's so good. But he can't he can't change a game from the position that he plays. And when we're poor, he gets affected by that. And I think that's why he probably got a little bit more stick than he deserved. Because I was always a huge fan of him. I always loved what he did. I loved what he was about, even in the bad seasons, even in the bad games. I always thought that he he tried everything. And what I feel like encapsulates him is the Stockport game in the FA Cup where he'd already taken a head injury and he went flying into the box head first and got absolutely clattered by someone's boots and won us the penalty that won us the game. That's Liam Kinsella. You don't get many players like that. You know, I think players who come through. Yeah, I think your comment about a club legend are more than fair. Over 250 appearances for the club. I mean, I think the likes of Hutchinson and, and Knowles played over 50 this season. And by those numbers, you know, can you see a player staying around at a club for five plus seasons playing every single game to to really match that and and like you said the commitment not just off the pitch but on it from him epitomised really the identity that Walsall should be yeah and I, I also thought that we'd started to, to kind of go down that route a bit more potentially I mean you look at there's a couple of other players that are creeping in are like that nobody could could say any less of Knowles about that yes at times he kind of runs into corners and and loses the ball but the work rate and the ethic and the work ethic is always there to see I think more the second half of the season I think Hutchinson started to develop that ethic as well Daniels as the leader is like that I felt that we were starting to really get a, a group together that, yes, we've released a lot of players that I don't believe fit that, but we'd got, we'd started to got to get the core of the team that were. What I would say is, what I would be proud as the Walsall identity. And I think in previous seasons we've not had that, but I think yeah. Overall, yes, Kinsella's no longer a Walsall player and won't be for, may never be. He may come back, who knows? But he will always be well-received at the club and rightfully so. And I think he, he'd stuck with us through relegation and probably would have had offers from elsewhere when his contract was up for renewals in previous seasons. And I just think we ought to... As a fan base, which it has been the case, thank him for his his years of unwavering service. Absolutely agree. I, for one, and I'm probably the minority here, thought we should have kept him. But I can understand why we didn't. But now I think it's on the club to make sure he understands how valuable he's been to us over the last... 18 years, is it, he's been with us? Something like that. Since he was eight. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. You know, he's, you don't get many players like that. I'll put it that 
play. No. Right, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a listen to what our what our loyal listeners think. And we've actually launched on Facebook. So uh-huh. you, yeah, so if you find Yellow Ribbon Podcast on Facebook, give it a like, give it a follow. We're gonna start with the couple of comments that we've had on there. Firstly, Danny Hall has said Taylor Allen should have been released. Don't understand releasing Maddox and Kinsella. Both deserved another contract. So we've sort of we've discussed Maddox and Kinsella. What what are your thoughts on Taylor Allen being in discussions for a new deal? Um, I like Taylor Allen. Um, I think that he's got a little bit of everything. I don't think he's necessarily amazing at one position, but as a squad player, I think that he offers a fair bit. I think he's a little bit Liam Kinsella in the way that he, he offers, he gives a lot when he's on the pitch, and. I think that having having players like Knowles and Hutchinson and Allen who really play for the badge, even if they're just a bit part player, I think they're important to keep around because I think he can fill in at centre mid, you know, whether it's 10, 8 or 6, he can fill in at left back, left wing back, right back, right wing back. He's played centre half before. He could probably play on the wings if he wanted to. He can basically play anywhere, which as someone who can just come in and do a job, I'd love to see him here next season. Yeah, I think as well, with with the amount of recruitment that we're going to have to do over the summer, having Taylor Allen stick around as the sort of backup at left back, left wing back, however the the kind of the defense takes shape and like you said to cover other areas I think we could be doing a lot worse and also I don't I don't assume that he's probably commanding the highest of wages so I think I think it's well used budget and Lee Plant has said agree with most of the retained list Sadler could be a risky appointment be interesting to see who comes in as his assistant that is it's that assistant role that's that's kind of creeping up a bit We've, yeah, Eddie Atkins on Twitter has said his number two will indicate the direction the club is going. Michael Warmer, sadly has a chance, was a good pro, played all levels and knows the league, but his lack of experience could be difficult. Needs a good number two. <laughs> it's it's kind of the... Uh, There's a bit of a pattern for me here. Yeah. Sammy has said, really not sure about Sadler being appointed, needs to hit the ground running. I guess Month has been released as he may have had an offer at another club. There are rumours that Wrexham is where Month may or may not be heading. Do you think that the the likes of potentially Month, Wilkinson have potentially told the club they wouldn't be sticking around if a deal's offered? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that Conor Wilkinson... Even as I look at him directly in the eyes in my Warsaw calendar upon my wall, lovely. I know that he didn't want to be here next season. I think that he needed. I think he wanted a fresh start. I think he's had two very tough seasons, and uh, I think he just wants to reset and go again. And I think month is too good of a centre half in League Two to be middling in mediocrity. I think that he is definitely one of the centre-halves, especially as a left-way centre-half, who 
should be fighting for promotion, if not playing somewhere in League One, potentially. I could see someone picking him up. You know, he, he offers a lot. So uh, I can absolutely see that both of them probably just didn't want to do it anymore, which is absolutely fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one of those where I think we kind of said last time that Month and Wilkinson, even if they were offered a new deal, couldn't see them staying. So, right. And then we've had we've had a few tweets from Lee Reynolds, a lot of stuff that we've touched on, but something that I that we haven't really mentioned yet, and there's two points that he makes. One about Kinsella not staying, but it depends on who comes to the club. But Comley and McKenzie seem to be ahead of him already. Do we see McKenzie playing in that midfield role under Matt Sadler, or are we expecting it to predominantly be Comley and then someone else with McKenzie dropping back into defence? Um, this is interesting. I feel like. It's gonna. I think there's gonna be a midfield three, and I think your two nailed on midfielders are Hutchinson, and I think it's gonna be Riley. And I think that I'd expect McKenty to McKenty McKenty um, to play at centre half. Um, McKenty or McKenty, you know, yeah. both of them. Both they both can do it. It'd be a great pairing. Um, Comley I think that I don't see him starting next season in all honesty I think he's probably going to be back up so I think we'll probably get a a six in or maybe it depends what we don't really know what type of midfielder Joe Riley is I mean one of my mates is a Carlisle fan kind of told me he kind of he told me a lot about him he's kind of a bit like Kinsella he's kind of sort of an eight and sort of a six so depends where you want to play and whether you want him to kind of run about and link up the play or whether you want him to sit a little bit deeper and kind of like a deep-lying playmaker. So I think we'll bring in someone else, though, for that role. So I think McKenty in defence, Comley will be on the bench to reinforce when needed. Yeah, and the other point that he makes was about how many players to bring in and... I, uh, I will disagree with him on this one because lost the comment. Where are you? Where are you? Here you are. <laughs> there we go. Um, Lee said that we will need between five and six permanent signings and maybe two or three young and upcoming loans. The reason I disagree with that is because we've, including loans, released 17 players or we've had 17 players depart the club. We, of course, within that, we've got Perry, who I don't think even made the bench this season, or if he did, it was a scarce appearance. Jonas McCuna, again, I don't think anyone ever saw anything from him. The likes of Maddox, sorry, not Maddox, Clark and Abraham, who were out on loan, and Williams, who towards the end wasn't really featuring so there were a lot of players there that weren't in the squad. But that was the issue all season, is that we didn't really have the squad depth there. So, yeah. yes, 17 have gone, but I 
think five to six permanent with two or three loans is seriously underselling what we what we need at the moment. I don't know how many we need because if obviously if Sadler decides that he wants wingers, we've got to get three in at least. Uh, unless he sees Knowles as a winger, but that's a, a different uh, debate. So I think we're probably looking at double figures total yeah. players that are coming in. Probably 12, 13, in my, opinion, in my opinion, providing that Earring can play and the likes of Allen do sign. Obviously, I think it's going to be too much to ask for for marvelous and folks 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 to to be starting but you'd like to think that they could at least be pushing the bench yeah um i don't think you'll find many teams in this division that will be bringing in less than double digits in terms of transfers in it's just the nature of the league that you have to kind of People are going to move on. In in kind of League Two is a bit of a funny league because people don't really want to be here. No, we don't. So they we don't. don't just <laughs> no, no. So like they, as soon as they get an opportunity to leave, they will if they can go higher up. Um. So it's always about kind of finding those gems. You you keep having to change it. The squad that is. So everyone's always bringing in as many players as they can in the hope that they hit gold, essentially. So I think absolutely kind of, I'd say 13 to 15 players is a ballpark where I think we'd be looking. And within that, you know, Peter Clark and Timmy Abraham spending most of the season out on loan, or at least over half the season out on loan, shows that you know that we can't be doing that with players that were signed for the first team. I totally understand yeah. if some of the younger players, even I, I understand if Earring went out on loan, maybe just to get some fitness back, but for a short-term deal. But if we're signing players for the first team, can't be loaning them out because then we need to replace what they should be doing in the first team. Yeah. So, yeah, right. That, I think, has wrapped us up from the last sort of few days' worth of of um, big breaking news from, from Walsall HQ. We, we will be having one more podcast next week, which is TBC at this moment in time, as to what we're, we're going to be doing, but we will be announcing it on our, on our channels. And then I think we're, we're going to take a, a little bit of a break at the start of June uh, due to both of us being away. And then we'll be back, hopefully, with lots of new signings to talk about in mid-June. Lots of good new signings. Let's hope. I mean, I'm going to take a few weeks away now. I've finished university so I can relax. Well, I finished the first year of university, I should say. Finished it. Um, I finished first year of it, so I'm going to take um, a couple of weeks to relax, decompress, uh, forget about Warsaw, and come back refreshed in a couple of weeks 
and we're going to be back bigger and better than ever with more interesting stuff bigger conversations hopefully and uh, lots to talk about did you uh did you want to bring up the the sassy text message i got this week or are you are we gonna just skim over it what was the sassy text message you know exactly what the sassy text message was all it read was all it read was i passed my ethics test Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, Rob wasn't very happy about that. No, I was not. It took me a lot longer to pass <laughs> my ethics test. And Harley, congratulations, oh. passed it with flying colours first time and decided that the nicest thing to do would be just to inform me about it. So thank you, Harley. You're welcome. You know, I just like to spread the love around. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a very ethical man, clearly. Yeah. yeah. I want to know how long. I out, yeah, that was the best thing to do. I want to know how long after walking out of that exam hall you went right. I'm going to text Rob. <laughs> I, I can tell you actually. That's how long. Oh, great, brilliant. When was that message? Right, while Harley's finding that, if you are enjoying, um... if you are enjoying this podcast, please whether you're. Uh, listening on Apple, whether you're listening on Spotify, give it a, a nice little five star review. We are on Twitter at Ribbon Podcast and we are on Facebook at Yellow Ribbon Pod. And you can get in touch with us anytime. Our DMs are open if there are certain things that you want us to do a little differently, if there are things that you sort of want to discuss or get your views put on. We are Always welcome to listen to or the views of whatever our supporters and our fans and our listeners are are telling us. So, Harley, how long did it take you after getting out of that exam? It took me, I believe, 18 minutes to tell 18 you. 18 minutes. So that was 15 minutes of discussing how the exam went with your friends and then getting your phone out of your pocket. Yes, pretty much, yeah. I believe Brilliant. that would have been it, it would have been exactly about the right amount of time for me walking from the exam back to my flat, getting in my flat and going, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell Rob. Brilliant. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Holly Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs>